Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing That Chaos with me, Paul Mellon McFadden. How you going there, Raph? You look a bit sleepy. You look like <laughs> you look like the Sandman is still sprinkling dust in the corners of your eye. Ah, oh, dude, it's it's early, but I'm up. I just haven't been able to get my routine, but I will once we're done talking. It's like oh my god, early, right where you are. Yeah, it's, I, I think I will go like at three forty. <clears throat> no, I didn't. I don't think. I know I did. Yeah, three forty. But it's it's all good, man. Um, obviously, we had to adjust for Mike's punk ass. So <laughs> I guess this pretty much means that I don't get the show notes, which was worth waking up for. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's true, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the hit on this one. So yeah, you know, we we always try to make things work and, and adjust. And I had to hit the guys last night and say, hey, man, I need to push left one hour because of work stuff and you know it is what it is uncle sam doesn't give a shit sometimes but uh you know i know raf does when he loses his beauty sleep so i'll take the show notes this week if they suck just message me and you know <laughs> emasculate me it's fine i'd imagine most of our listeners uh you know like we've got a lot of military veteran and uh first responder and and families of such they all know what happens when they're <laughs> When it's when the report time or the uh, mastering time start changes, you just got to do what you got to do, right? And being told as you're walking out the door <laughs> that tomorrow's report time's earlier—that's none of us are surprised when that happens. We're not happy about it, but it, it does happen, right? Yeah, there's a term called "hurry up and wait." You know, it's this new concept. <laughs> it works every single time. It's so beneficial yeah. in your life if you take away anything from this podcast. Hurry up and wait. The best thing you could ever do. Yeah. I saw some, uh, like a letter from a Roman soldier written like 2000 years ago. And he refers to some of the same stuff. And you're like, there's <laughs> <laughs> a letter to his dad. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's all so, dick jokes. And it's funny how like <laughs> that's just transcended, you know, especially history, but, but military history specifically. Like I, I think we talked about this before in one of the episodes where you said, I, you're like, but you spoke in your, you know, half wit Australian language, but you're basically were saying like, I bet you that you could pluck a soldier from every generation, like every major conflict. And they'd all be able to like talk the same language. Maybe like the vernacular would be a little different, but like the things that they would make fun of, like nothing has really changed, you know, at the yeah. end of the day. It'd only take five minutes and they'd all be using each other's slang and <laughs> yeah. each other's shit. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. For sure. They'd all be finishing off with a frothy together and they'd be like, yeah, all, all of our lives suck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just do a quick a quick little spiel here, just because there may be people joining us um, who are new to the podcast. So Pushing Back Chaos, there's three of us. We are Melon and Raph. We're both... Uh, retired well former military pilots both of us are still flying i was started in the australian army back in the day and then australian air force and then now i'm a flying instructor in in saudi arabia raf started as a uh, corpsman back in the day i also was a enlisted uh soldier in the australian army at the beginning raf was a corpsman and then switched over to the dark art of flying black hawk helicopters and uh we met up in saudi arabia and then the pushing back chaos patch that stuck over the head of Mike is mainly for the people's 
retinas so we don't damage with the <laughs> bones bouncing off his face, which is pretty grim. Just think Freddy Krueger or the, the the big guy out of the Goonies with a head that's sort of half melted. <laughs> but Mike's Mike's a serving member, uh, current member of this, the US uh, SF community, so that's why we don't show his head on 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 tape. And the three of us have been doing a podcast together now for well, we're actually pushing towards the third year, which is pretty extraordinary. So we started as Not Your Average Operator and we switched over to Pushing Mac Chaos. And uh, this is our 34th podcast and we try to get them out every week for you, our listeners, focusing on areas that are important to us. You know, men talking about things that probably not that many men talk about, about hard times and how, how to deal with them and how <clears throat> trying to be a, bet, a better person, be a better a husband, father, better professional, better teammate, trying to take on the, the big stuff. But anyway, that's that's enough about us. Raph, you had an idea this week that we we're going to talk about goal setting and the importance of having stuff out in front of you that motivates us and draws out of us the best and, and gives us meaning and something to strive after. And maybe you could just give us a little bit of an intro on the topic and what your thoughts have been. Yeah, man. Thank, thanks for that intro. So we talked about this a little bit offline, just really through messaging, but I've been on this, I shouldn't even say Jordan Peterson kick because I listen to him all the time, but for some reason, the last couple of weeks, um, a, lot of it, a lot of his messaging, at least the stuff that I was getting into, it's older content, but a lot of it has been uh, regarding him and uh, just talking about, you know, essentially that we are, of all things, we are aiming creatures, meaning if you don't have a goal, like if you ever feel like you're just in the middle of the ocean with no rudder, it's probably because you don't have a goal, but more importantly, it's because you don't have a noble goal, right? Because, and again, this is Jordan Peterson level thinking. So, and I'm just, I'm just an amoeba. So I'm, I'm barely trying to understand it, but it makes sense. Um, and it's, it made so much sense that I think I told you guys, I kept listening to this mashup of his, of him talking about it for like over 20 times. Like I would listen to it before I started working out. I would listen to it after my workouts. I would look, I would listen to it, you know, when I was walking, um, cause I try to get, you know, at least five miles every day, but yeah, I would just listen to it. And I was just, cause it really was resonating with me. And it, it's, I mean, he does an entire, he does entire pieces on it. So I'm just going to talk about the three kind of things that stuck out the most. And the, and obviously he, he, right off the bat, he says, you know, human beings, we are aiming creatures. It's wired in us. So if you, go around life thinking that, you know, you're just going to do what you want without a purpose. You're dead wrong. Like you're literally dead wrong. And it's a matter of time before you, like you said, you're, you're going to feel like you're this boat without a rudder out in the middle of the ocean. And when the storms come man, you have no direction, right? You're fucked. Like you're proper fucked. And that's one way to think about it. But he said, more importantly, just setting a goal. Now that we've established that we're aiming creatures, just setting any goal is, is kind of good, but it's also very dangerous. And that's where it really, like, that's when it kind of ticked. You know, you have to be really careful what you aim at, right? Mm. If you if your goal is to, you know, be aesthetically pleasing or whatever, well, you might attract that sort of environment where it's all just superficial and, you know, everybody's good looking, but there's nothing in the depth. There's nothing in the services. So with that, he says, you know, be careful what you aim at because the world will manifest itself. And more importantly, the nobler the goal, the better your life will be, you know? So mm. now what does that look like for everybody? Well, for everybody, it's a little different, right? Um, I would say for me, 
Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you my kind of uh, definition of what I think my noble path will be, but it's usually something that's really difficult to achieve and it should be right. And it's something that you might not be able to do by yourself, but that's the idea is that the nobler, the goal, that means the better the person that you're going to be. And the more the people are going to want to help you achieve that goal, you know, whether it's the world at large or your, your friends, your family, whatever it is, because obviously if your goal was to sell drugs, then no one's going to be a part of that. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the stark contrast. Uh, the other one is, you know, life's mission is real simple. It's to improve your character every day, improve your character every day. Um, you know, it, and just that's exactly what it is. Improve your character every day. That is literally your life. You know, when you're, when you're it goes up you will have the sense of I have done everything I possibly could with, with this finite amount of time on this, on this planet screaming across the universe. Right. You know, uh, and we can talk about, you know, our existence and all that stuff, but he basically said the human spirit is, is basically, if you give it the tools, it will defeat death. And all he means by that is you'll get to the point where your expiration shows up and you're not afraid of death because you've actually lived, you've actually made an impact in this world. You've, you know, you've established relationships and you, you have a family and um, you, you've done your part, so to speak. And that's very intrinsic and it's really important to, to understand. And then the, the, the last one that really stuck with me, and, and I thought about this, and obviously because I have a son, so I think it's pretty. Damn it to you. Well, so as you guys can um, see, look at his face up there. It froze and he just looked completely like he just woke up and had something going on with him but now that he's back we'll continue on because it's a little harder to edit the video but go ahead back to what you were saying there to you yeah sorry about that um the the last one is probably the most important and he just says you want to be the strongest person at your father's funeral specifically he says he says this to young men because it kind of represents a trans uh, like a transgenerational kind of shift right so it's like melon passing the torch to michael so on and so forth uh, and he says it, but it's important for a couple of reasons. You want to be the strongest person at your father's funeral because when people are, and it's kind of a metaphor, but it's also, you know, indication of like what happens in real life is when you're in a room full of grieving people because chaos had just ensued, you want to be the strongest person because that kind of gives people hope. And knowing that like in the face of all this adversity, like, the things that your that character can bring, like, you know, building a character, the things that they can bring can actually give you the tools or the fortitude to surpass the chaos and the pain and the suffering. And there's, it's kind of like you're showing them a way out, right? It's like, hey, we're all in pain, but look how stoic he is. And even though we know he's enduring pain, if we follow him, he'll probably, or that person, it doesn't have to be him. It can be, it could be a daughter. I mean, I know plenty of daughters that are just complete badasses that carry on um, in really strong ways. But yeah, those are the three things that, uh, again, there's so much material in this. Um, but these three things, I thought, these are pretty important to talk about, right? Because, you know, you don't have to have a five-year goal or 10-year goal. It could, it, I mean, it could, hopefully it is a goal, a five to 10-year goal, but it's something that you need to reevaluate every day and just, you know, figure out if you are on the war path, if you are on the path of achieving that, that, uh, that goal that you're trying to do. And then what I was going to say was basically, you know, when I think about, cause I, I meditated on this and I thought, you know, what would be my most noble path? And obviously my most noble path would be for, to be the strongest man 
in the room. And hopefully that's something that Soren and other kids and other people can pick up on. Right now. What, I mean, what, what does that mean? I mean, it's easy. Like, can I deadlift 5,000 pounds? No, that's not what I mean by that. I do. I do want to be physically strong, but I, I I'm thinking like emotionally and, and intellectually, you know, when there is something completely chaotic where there's real suffering, you know, whatever it is, whether it's uh, climate related, whether it's somebody passing away, I recently got really terrible news that a good close friend of mine, um, her cancer came back and it doesn't look good. And I remember just listening to the conversation and, you know, deep down inside, I mean, there's somebody that I've known since I was in my twenties and she's a mother of, of four kids, you know, beautiful husband, just a beautiful family. And I immediately started to think of like the destruction that this cancer is going to cause, right? Mother with no, or children with no mother. And, you know, there's several ways you can look at that. You could break down and cry because I, I, I even told my wife, Arby, I was like, you know, after I got off the phone, like my hand was shaking. Like I was really like, I had held the emotion in while I was listening to this mutual friend talk about our other friend. But I thought, you know, there will come a point where I may be in a room with her family and hopefully I'll have the, the wherewithal to, to be stoic, you know, to just show that like, no matter how much pain you're in, there is a way out of this, you know, this is kind of a process of life and it's easier said than done. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm just saying like, that would be an example of like a, a, a noble attainment mm -hmm. for, for me. Yeah. That's just my own personal, uh, that's my own personal take, but. Well, I think yeah. like, Rafa, I know we can all relate to that, you know, because we've all, man, cancer is a real bastard. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when, as soon as you said that, I, I went back to the moment I thought about when, you know, <laughs> you're, you're saying you should be the strongest man at your father's funeral. Well, unfortunately, you know, Melon and I have had to stand there already and stand at our father's funeral at a young age. And I just kind of did a flashback <clears throat> to when I was standing there and, and thinking about who I was. And I wasn't the strongest man in the, in, in the room. I was, I was an 18 year old young man and, and just... I felt like my whole life had been taken away from me and I was cheated. And my focus was, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? And completely different mindset, right? Uh, completely different part of my life. I, I didn't have the mentors like I do now and the outlook and the experience and time to process. And uh, man, <laughs> yeah, it really makes me think of like going back and be like, maybe I could have been different or somehow, but at the same time it happened the way it was supposed to happen, I think. And now I have that time to reflect and I have the choice to reflect and look at who I was and what maybe I could have done different because geez, man, it's not going to be the last time, you know, that I'm at a funeral. I mean, we're all going to be at another funeral. We're all going to be through another bad time. And, you know, like you said, I, I think there's comfort in knowing that no matter what happens, as long as we're on this journey to try to figure out how to get better in all aspects of our life, not just, oh, I need to be really big and really strong because I go to the gym that I can handle anything. It's like, no, man, you got to be well balanced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two things I took away from uh, listening to that podcast that you sent, I listened to on my way home from work yesterday, just took some notes, is the one was if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And that really popped out to me. And I really like that because that man, that applies to anything, you know, it's just, 
Look, look at what we did in the military. It's like, why do you train all the time? Well, you train for the worst case scenario to go out and execute a mission. Same thing mm -hmm. for this. If you're always trying to train yourself uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, all, all of the above all together and figure out how to make them all vibe together, um, it doesn't matter what comes along the way. You're going to be ready to to attack it and 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 persevere. Not just get, not just survive it, but persevere through it and and become something greater. And uh, it, it went back to uh, it took me back to another thing is again it's just looking at stages of my life. You know, I, I think Peterson really the way he speaks and digs deep into layers, man, just kind of unfolds chapters in my life. And, you know, when I was training or doing some of the stuff that I do now and, and pursuing it and then putting myself in extreme situations of stress or, you know, emotional uh, stuff, whatever. I, I just always remember hearing people being like, look at this guy, look, look, look what the hell he's doing, man. He's crazy. You know, like who, who would go out and do that stuff? And I wasn't the only one, but I'm just, you know, kind of, and when I hear this, this is, this is kind of what I feel. And I reversed it. And I look at the people that I look up to that are doing, you know, so-called crazy things. And I don't look at them as crazy, man. Like if I'm being hundred percent honest, you know, oh man, it's crazy. It's probably come from a spot of jealousy a little bit or, or something like that. But what the real truth is, is, wow, look at this guy. He's ready. You know, and I said that to myself driving yesterday. I was like, man, how many times do I look at guys and I'm just like, I wish I could be that strong. But in my heart, I'm really going, wow, this guy's ready. He's ready to take on whatever it is. That's that's a strong human being right there, dude. And I admired it. And I think that's what you're talking about, Raph, is like being the strongest person in the worst in the worst moments. You know, it's not like the fairy dust gets sprinkled over. You're not a superhero. You don't have, you know, you don't wake up one day and just puff your chest out and be like, yep, today's a day, you know, whatever. It, it's in these moments that human beings can really shine and show the best of what we're capable of. And just having that sense of, wow, this person's ready. is very powerful. Go ahead, Melon. I, I think it's interesting. The word strength, the one that you chose, Raph, which is, the obvious one is the physical element. And it's always, I find always helpful to break it out into the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I, I, we know that those other three are the one we're talking about here. You know, you, you need that physical capability for situations that may unfold. But what we're talking about is that emotional and spiritual strength, really, when those tough times befall us. And what you guys are just touching on here is, um, you know, the stay ready so you don't have to get ready. When when the disaster strikes, when when that bad news comes, you will only have the skills and capabilities to deal with it that you have with you at that time. There's no time to go train. There's no time to go and, you know, generate mental strength or spirit, you know, deal with integrity breakdown so that you can face these things with, with a, a clean heart and an open mind no, no no you you have what you have when the phone rings at 3 a.m and you will only be the person in that time of crisis like you're saying there mike there's no magic dust that gets sprinkled on you that you then get to say i will now be a better version of myself for this disaster that's before me and so i think that that is a really key part of what 
the three of us are talking about here is that the day-to-day challenges that you undertake that attempt to generate a better version of yourself, having a noble goal out in front of you that pulls you forward, that motivates you, and that has you developing yourself into a better version of yourself, like a more capable version of yourself to manifest this goal. This goal, it wouldn't be a goal if you could do it already. You know what I mean? It'd just be, you know, I'm going to get out of bed this morning and make a cup of coffee. That's not a goal. You know what I mean? You're like, I want to provide financial, emotional, uh, and spiritual well-being for my family, you know, out for the next 10 years. So, right, well, that that's a freaking goal that is going to take a lot of effort every day and it's going to draw you forward. And the kind of person you'll have to be to manifest that in reality is a different version of you that, than you have now. It's an upskilled and up-leveled version of you. And so if you're in the process of up-leveling yourself and addressing uh, deficiency so that you can be the person to manifest these goals, when the disaster occurs and when the phone rings, you have a chance of being the person that, uh, Mike and Rafa describing here being the strongest person in those worst hours because there's no it's not like we get the you know the three month notice to move do you guys use that in the US military notice to move we have it in Australia where they'd be like you know a reserve unit so I'm like three months notice to move so if the balloon goes up they've got three months to get ready and then the different units would have a decreased notice to move all the way down to the you know, the QRF or QRA force, which which could be on a number of minutes, you know, where there's kid inspections daily and everyone's at that peak readiness, ready to go. <clears throat> so in life, you, you don't have three months notice to move. Like when when the when the phone rings, that's it. You've got where you are. You are the quick reaction fighter. You are the pair of hornets at the end of the runway that are just getting airborne on a scramble. You know, this, that, that's all you have. You have what you have. And if you have failed to act and if you spent time on the couch and you've been eating donuts and you've been not addressing deficiencies in your life, just in a routine way, resolving breakdowns and telling people you love them, like the the array of capability and skills and relationships and support you'll have at that time is going to be far deficient. And that's the reality. You are going to face that day with less resources that you call than you otherwise would have if you had been striving differently. Anyway, I've been ranting <laughs> ranting for a little bit. You had a point you wanted to throw in a little bit earlier there, Tia. Um, yeah, yeah, but I started listening to you. So then that that thought uh, kind of fell away. But so it must have been fleeting. It probably wasn't even worth mentioning. Um I, I yeah I don't uh, would, just a quick question for you guys what do you what would you say if you could you had to sit down and you know I put a gun to your head and gave me and I I told you like I demanded you tell me what your most noble path would be will be or you know what would it be and why for me Raf it's always got a lot to do with my family and my my children and like I I feel like. The, the biggest task I've been given is, uh, you know, the title father. And that really means a lot to me in a very, very deep way, maybe more than most having lost my dad at age 11. And to be able to provide a space for my children to grow and to assist them in flourishing into being adults that I can be proud of who are making a difference and a contribution in the world. 
like there's a lot that has to be done right. And I know you know. I know you know. I know you are. You, you think a lot of similar stuff. But my goals of um, providing resources and a safe space and challenge and um, education, all those things as a father for the children so that the people they are 10 years from now, you know, and he just turned 16. So thinking about her at 26 is like a hard thing to think of. But, you know, like a as a young woman now, and and, and Michael is, is 14, so thinking of him at 24, you know, who they are and what they're doing and what their outlook on life is, like that'll be sort of, that's my goal to have them like moving confidently into life without fear and them looking at them at goals and meaning and values and, you know, living a life based on, you know, the character ethic, not, not pushing for things that look good, but doing the, you know, the difficult right rather than easy wrong, all that stuff. That's how I'll measure it. So being able to provide freedom and for them to be able to get on with their lives and not have stress and, there's a lot in it. It's hard for me to encapsulate it entirely, but yeah. it's definitely about being. It's definitely about being a father, and the result will be about how the children are. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why I asked. Um, obviously, I'll wait for Mike's answer. But for anyone listening, I mean, that's something that you should really contemplate. Like, what's the most noble path that you could take in this life that would make this life worth living? You know, that's mm. a, and that's kind of what Jordan Peterson kind of starts talking about. It's like that's. It's not an easy answer, but when, but when you do find it and you will find it, it completely, you know, sets a trajectory for your life and your life will be better by it just by default. You know, the world will manifest itself and that's, that's a powerful idea. Hmm. Well, Mike, I, yeah, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm glad Melon went first because you kind of stopped me in my tracks with that question. That's pretty heavy, dude. Uh, for the sake of the show, you know, I sit here and write down some notes and I was like, man, what is that? Uh, I keep this, I keep this book next to me that I usually read in the mornings along. I, I do like a daily devotional, but I, I, I read, a, I read a lot of Marcus Aurelius as, as well. And uh, actually last night I was reading this, this part and it just kind of plays into what we're talking about. And it says not to live as if you have endless years ahead of you, death overshadows you while you're alive and able, be good. And I listened to the podcast with Peterson and, you know, we're kind of going into that and we always think we have time. Like there's always time just to do stuff every single day for the rest of my life. And that changed. And one of those things that helped me understand is asking the, the, asking the same question to different people, particularly different people of different ages. And, you know, if, if I was to go around to a 20 year old and I asked, you know, hey, what is freedom to you? You know, and you live in the Western Hemisphere, it's uh, well, it's, you know, I could do what I want and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, <laughs> get up and pursue my dreams. And it's all this crazy stuff. And I asked a uh, I think they were 88 years old. I, I said, what's freedom to you? And it's just, oh, that's easy. I, I can get up and walk around on my own. I don't have to be assisted by my kids and I can just go and get my own food and water and have self-respect. And that's their definition of freedom. And I was like, you know, there's no like, yeah, USA. Yeah, go, wet, you know, or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, I just want to be able to get up and walk around on my own, get my own food, play with my grandkids and 
that's freedom to me. And it just shows you how much things change throughout your life. And my point is there's only so much time where certain opportunities are going to come in your life. And then once they pass, it's over. You may not ever get another shot. And that's when you're going to get your, you know, laying on your deathbed, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I wish I would have done this more. I wish I would have done that more. But you can't go back and, and rewrite it. It's part of your legacy now. Whether it was good, whether it was bad, you have to own it. And, you know, kind of what Millen and Raff are sitting here saying is they want to do it right. They don't, they don't want to have that day come when it's their last day on earth and they're sitting there going, I wish I spent more time with my son. I wish I would have spent 10 more minutes just to like make sure they enjoyed that moment of their life because now I can't, you know, the, my time has passed and ultimately all of our time passes. And, and I think it's so important to remember that humility, humanity, part of it uh, that we get distracted from, you know, everything's like, well, I, I need to show up today and this, that, whatever. But you also got to think long-term with the legacy. Like, what are you doing long-term? Um, I think we talked about it, man, long time ago with Tony senior is, you know, what are they going to write on your tombstone? You know, who was this person in the, in the quick breath that they were on the, on the, on this planet? You know, if you, if you had to pick one word to describe that person in time, uh, a hundred years from now, who would they say Mellon was, who would they say Raph was, you know, that that'll get you into, into some pretty deep thinking and, and, um, look at what you're doing. So I would say, you know, matched up with last week, man, I I'm a servant and my life has changed and I know who I'm serving and what I want in my life. And like I said, in the, in those hard times, I want to be known as dependable. Uh, in the great times I want to be known as a multiplier, but I also always want to serve, uh, my purpose from God, which, you know, <laughs> I want to be that strong person that you were describing, Raph and and Melon. I want I want to be that that person that stands up in the face of adversity and can look around and give people confidence that everything's going to be okay. You know, because I, I wasn't that person and I and I wasn't proud of myself multiple times. I wasn't ready, but now that I'm training for it and I want to be ready, when it does happen, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is nothing's changed. I'm already ready. I'm good to go. Like, who's with me? You know, and then when you see the other people that are putting in the effort and on that same path, on the same journey, uh, man, life just gets easier in that, in that sense. Life isn't that hard. It's like, yeah, we, we knew this was coming. We already trained for it. We expected it. Uh, yeah, it still sucks. It still hurts. But man, look at where we're at versus where we could be. And we mm -hmm. don't have to go back and say, man, we wish we could have been better right now. You know, that's, that's a great feeling that brings comfort, that brings confidence. So that, that that's all I kind of wrote down guys, like sitting there listening to be honest with you. I was like, man, that's a heavy question, but I'm going to take a shot. No, it is, man. It's not a, it's not a simple, it's not a simple answer. You know, uh, it's something that I think somebody, the individual needs to sit down weeks, if not months to really understand you know, what they're not the purpose in life, but like what a noble path would look like, because it's not easy. Right. I mean, what is that? You want to feed a hundred orphan children. You want to, the idea is to make this place better, to leave it better than, than, than it is, you know, start with your family, start with yourself. But that's, 
just going back to Jordan Peterson, that's why he says it's important to, you know, because he'll just talk about how a lot of people kind of dismiss the routines that they do every day. And he's like, you're absolutely crazy. It's like if you do the arithmetic, that's where you spend 80% of your life is in the little things that you do every day. So those are the things you need to do and do pretty goddamn well, right? Like if you're going to get up, get up at the same time every day. Uh, you know, if fitness is your thing, you need to work out every day. If if you have a family, you need to love on them every day. And, you know, again, in a perfect world, that's how it would happen. We know that's not the way it really works sometimes, you know, because life is messy and it's complex. But your routines are literally 90% of your day. Those are the things you need to hone down. All the other privileged shit like winning the lottery and buying a car and buying a house, th those are, you know, once every 20, 30 years. It's the stuff that's every day. If you, if you focus in on that stuff, your life will just like take a trajectory that you would have never even seen. To expand on what Raf's talking about there, Peterson is referring to, to things like what your routine is like when you leave the house, regards to you and your family, what it's like when you come home, how you greet your spouse, how you greet your kids, how your evening meal unfolds, what you do. The things that you do that are a few minutes long, but you do them every single day of your life or perhaps just on your working days. But that's where he's like five minutes multiplied by five working days <clears throat> multiplied by how many working years in a relationship. And he's like, if you can bring those things into a state where you're with intention, you're, you've created them as a goal to have them something very special. So for example, it's not like this is, it doesn't, I don't know. My ones are stuff like in the morning, I get out of bed. The alarm goes off pretty early for me when I'm here and, you know, I'll jump in the shower and so on. And every single morning I come downstairs, like in my flying suit and there's Cherish's made coffee and we have coffee together in the morning. And it's like, can be pretty stupidly early. I know, <laughs> I know Raph, Raph knows how early it can be sometimes. And I go out the door with like, She's made me a thermos of coffee and I've got my little bag and I go and get in the car and she stands in the door and she waves to me, you know, as I drive the car out, I stop and I look and we look at each other and off I go. So like, that's pretty good, you know, and, and when I come home, you know, we just, we'll, we'll find time. We'll sit together for like five to 10 minutes every day when I get home and just go over stuff and talk and, one of the ones I've had with the kids for a very long time now, really like a long time, when I'm talking to them, I ask them what was the best thing that happened in their day is like my normal question. And they know that that's my normal question. And I've actually, I just heard Annie talking to Michael yesterday. What was the best thing you know about day, Michael? I just, <laughs> like she didn't know I wasn't there, you know what I mean? But it's just like a normal thing for them. And that has created like a, it's got its own momentum. You know, like the kids doing it on their own, not just like how was your day and what did you do, but like what was the best thing or what was something, what was the funniest thing that happened? But like having a focus like that creates something, you know? So that's that's one, having like a routine question that I'm like, this this is fought through so far with 14 and 16-year-olds. I don't just get grunts, you know, one word answers. Good, you know, like that's a bit of banter in our family. If there's an answer, yeah, yeah, like good. <laughs> but like last night I was, at, I was at rugby training with my son and it was my first time being able to run properly really since I had knee surgery in September 
And man, I was paying for it a bit today, but I was running along with him, passing a rugby ball to him. And he was running at the same speed as me now as a 14 year old. And I was freaking loving it. And I was like, this is a routine I've created of participating in his sporting activity. Now, now it's 10 years, coming up to 10 years. And I was like, this is a beautiful thing to do. And I know that maybe there's not that much more of it <laughs> left in my knee. <laughs> but I was like really enjoying passing a rugby ball to him at full speed last night and him running at full speed. And so they're, they're just a few little examples of like where I've tried to have this because I've listened to, I don't know, I must have listened to a couple of thousand hours of Peterson over the years and getting the little things right with the people who are really important in your life, like that makes a big difference. You know, and having that as a goal is a noble goal. Has that, has that, I don't think I've, I wasn't trying to steal your thunder rap, but I've. No, I, I'm actually, I'm, no, I'm glad you, you kind of chimed in because I think you did a, a better a better uh, you found a better way of like kind of describing i think unpacking what he was talking about um yeah i mean again this is man for anyone listening like it's if this inspires you i really really suggest that you sit down and you think about it and think about what your most noble path uh, looks like and it's not going to be easy that's the thing like that's the idea is for it not to be easy right like the idea is for it to be a, a like a pretty surmountable goal or, you know, whatever that looks like, you know. Um, yeah, What's yours, Raph? How does it look for you? Like, I know you've thought about this a lot, and I know we talk a lot about stuff on and offline. And so when you're thinking about a noble path and a noble goal and a most noble goal and a most noble path, what are the things that you're thinking about? Yes, Yeah, so my, I would say mine's not necessarily just one thing. I've got a couple things that, kind of in the back of my brain that are always searing. I'm always thinking about clearly being uh, the best family man that I can be. Um, just, and, you know, it's one of those things where people talk about, you know, children don't do what you tell them. They do what, what they, they'll yeah. emulate what they see. Right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try to teach Soren the best that I can, but I really just hope and I pray that I'm the best that I try to set forth the best example you know, and I know I'm not always going to do it, but if I can, if 89% of the time that he spends around me, it's in a positive way where he sees dad do good, great things. Then I think eventually that will kind of um, motivate him to kind of go in that direction. Um, obviously with my wife, I want to be the best possible husband that I can be. And I know that I haven't always been, and it's something that's a continual thing of work, which is why I've talked about counseling in the past. Um, and then as far as finances, I want to be in a position where I can help people financially. Like I want to be so financially wealthy and I don't really have a figure in my head why well, I do, but I, I want to be in a position where if somebody genuinely needs help with something, I want to be able to do it. And I don't want to make a big deal about it. I want to like put it on Facebook and be like, look, I just gave this person $50,000. Like I just want to, you know, anonymously just be able to be like, Hey, that's a good family. They're about to lose their house and just be like, $50,000 don't kick them out of their house. Like, I just want to be in that position where I could actually genuinely impact the community and society around me. And I, mm. and that's, you know, that's obviously that'll come after my family is secured, but I think that's, that's a noble enough goal, you know, cause I think there's only, you only need so much money. Like, you know, you know, you have to find your, your perfect amount. Um, I don't need to be the next Jeff Bezos. I listen, I admire Jeff Bezos. He's got tremendous work ethic but I don't want 
that level of of wealth and work and you know I just, but i want to be enough where i can you know yeah just impact the community and then the last thing i would say is i want to be in a place both emotionally and, and intellectually where if i'm in the room kind of like what mike was saying i want to be a multiplier i want to be able to solve complex problems for people and in the like not for like i should say with people right so if i'm in a room and someone's having an issue i'd like to maybe offer a solution like a viable solution where they're like oh that's thanks for you know being part of and instead of just because i feel like too many times um our current society is more about just taking away and destroying shit and like you know because that's the easy thing to do, right? Just being a negative Nelly and talking about how everything sucks and you're an idiot, and you're, you know, fuck you. <laughs> like it's, it's so easy just to go down. It, it takes mm-hmm. no energy, but it takes tremendous amounts of energy to look across the aisle and find someone who you don't necessarily like get along with or you don't see eye to eye with and be like, there's gotta be something in that person that I could admire, you know? And to, mm-hmm. to first of all, get yourself in that, that frame of mind and then actually act on it. I mean, that's, you might as well talk about like fucking, you know, free climbing El Capitan. I mean, that's that sometimes <laughs> seems damn near impossible in your own head. They, so they're a- such good, such good goals, man, um, to talk about, you know, family man, father and husband. And then <clears throat> being in a position of strength, again, in a financial way where you're able to be in a position of, you know, you've reached financial peace perhaps for yourself and now you're able to step to the next level of financial contribution where you're able to make a difference around you. And I think that that is a very noble, very, very noble goal because um, the acquisition of resources, you know, it's like, what is the end state? Like, what is this all being done for? And if you are like, no, 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 I want to be in a position where people around me are taken care of and it starts with, you you know, immediate family and then it ripples out right i think that that's their fantastic goals and i know you already you already are the fourth one mate you already are uh the person who helps solve complex problems for people around you i know you're already doing that and the first two you're already doing as well raph gives me comp- complex problems he gives them to me you know <laughs> he, he he points out things that i can't help like my hair or something and just makes me you know lose my mind so you do both raf you help fix other people's but you give me complex problems to solve which ultimately makes me better so i just want to say thank you but uh <laughs> you're an idiot you're welcome <laughs> but uh you know one other thing that you know again man i i get so much you know it's uh 7 a.m here this is how I'm starting my day out with a conversation and an outlook. Uh, I love talking about these things. And I, I guess to build upon, you know, we'll, we're basically talking about being these things in these moments. And I, I just wrote this down because this is a thing. And I think it's, I think it's for something that anybody that has a role where it requires uh, a risk to your own life or others. But there, the example that popped in my head. So I think a couple of years ago, there was a tsunami in Japan and it hit like a nuclear reactor and there was nuclear waste and different stuff going on. And all of the, talk about stoic society. I, I do respect them for this. All of the older people, the grandparents and everybody else said, hey, we will go to the site and clean up. We will go and risk our life to clean up the, the area and do whatever while the younger people and the children stay away. And the re- their thought process was, we've already led a long, loving life. 
it's our responsibility to make sure the next generation endures and is able to move on and enjoy a long, healthy life as well. And the, and the children to become men and women and, you know, all of that. And I was like, wow, man, like at what state do you have to be at, as a person, let alone a society mm. to think that way? Like this very special. And I guess at some point when, you know, we'll keep, you know, for the military is like you raise, you raise your hand and say, yeah, I'll defend and give my life. And, you know, maybe when you're younger, it, it, you acknowledge it, but it's not like super deep yet, you know, until you've experienced a lot of stuff. But, you know, with the military, but with with life, I want to. Well, I, I think about it often, <laughs> but I only hope in the moments that maybe are presented to me. Man, how, how do I say this? And it's pretty deep. <laughs> If there's ever a moment where it's split second, where I have to make a decision, it's like my life for my friends. I hope that I could have and manifest a sense of peace that it's okay. Like, I don't, I don't think we could ever really dive into it, but you know, I, I think about a few of my friends that have died trying to save my other teammates and gave their life. And I wonder what was going through their head the last five seconds before they jumped on a grenade, before they took a bullet for another guy, before they pushed him out of the way and they, you know, they got killed instead. I wonder if they were like, yeah, this is okay. Like this, I don't, is, you know, you know what I, mean? I, I don't know, but I, I guess just in my, my heart, I, I hope that I'm able to manifest if that day comes where it's like, yeah, like I'm not selfish in that sense of just like, man, this is bigger than me. And I'm willing to, maybe that is my legacy. Maybe that is my journey is to become something to build. And uh, if I ever have to do that, can I just do it without the hesitation of, well, I'm not done yet, or I don't want to go yet. Or, or, you know what I mean? Like, I know that's really hard, really deep. We could probably do a whole episode or 10 on that, but that's something that goes through my mind when I'm thinking about my life and, and what I'm doing and my roles and what who I'm serving and, and, and everything, man. It's just, I don't, that's, it's kind of scary, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's a goal. It's exactly what we're talking about is like, man, if that, if that's what it comes to, am I going to be able to meet the mark for the right reasons? You know? So I don't know. I just feel like sharing that. That kind of just really hit me. I'm going to think about that throughout my day. Yeah, I know we're about to close up, but just to add to that, um, I it's funny, as soon as you started talking, I was thinking about one of your teammates that, that did exactly that. And I, I don't think it was a thought process. I think when you genuinely love somebody where you're willing to lay down your life, like it's not even, it's not a thought. Like I was just thinking, of, when you were talking about this, I thought about, you know, if I'm walking down the street and it's between me and whoever, um, that's about to hurt my family, especially my son, my wife. I don't think I'd think about it. I think I would just react. I, I honestly think most of us would react, right? I mean, it's not just a manly thing. I think women would do it, right? Like you, you talk, you see these videos or you hear these extraordinary stories where, where mothers will go through, you know, hell and back to save their children. It's just, it's an instinct. It's, it's just this, it, it's like your body immediately goes into fight or flight and you decide, fuck it, we're fighting, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, and I, I think death is, 
not even an afterthought. It's like, whatever. Yeah. Mm. That, that's a good way to put it. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what do they say? <laughs> After the first bullets fired, a man's brain turns into water and pours out of his ears and all he has to go off of is instinct. Have you heard that before? I haven't now. Yeah. No. So it's kind of the, I guess it's from my, my side of things with the water, but <laughs> But I guess that's true, you know, that you do train for certain things. But, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've had moments before where I'm scared shitless, you know, like I'm I, jumping out of a plane or something my first time. And I'm like, oh, God, if this is it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't just jump out of the plane. Just, oh, yeah, here I go. It's like, man, my mind is kicking, <laughs> you know, like what happens if my shoe doesn't open? And what if I get to the ground? What if this happens? What if that happens? It's like in those moments, it's like. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I see what you're saying, man. And yeah, I mean, the reaction is just like, oh yeah, my teammates now I'm going to go grab them. Like no question. Like yeah. there's that side of it, but you know, maybe there's other times where it's like, Hey, we have one minute to go out there and figure this out and save this person's life. And you probably ain't coming back. It's like, man, what's going to go through your head in that one minute? You know, it's, yeah. I don't know. Well, I think that that's the I think that's the heart of what we've been talking about. You know that that you you're doing a lot of stuff every day, like professionally, Mike. In this example, and you know, in the rest of our lives, in areas that we've been talking about, so that when when that moment occurs, we are doing our best now to equip ourselves to act in the way that it is, as Raf says, the most noble path, so that. Should that day come, you are manifesting your best self, the self that you would be most proud of when when the time is the hardest. Yeah. Wow. Great topic, Raf. Thanks very much for bringing it to us. So aiming at goals, carefully select your goals because you're likely to manifest the thing that you're focusing on. And as Raf said at the top, if it was just a, you know, some superficial facade that you're focusing on you're going to fill your life with those kind of people right so strive for the most noble of goals goals that justify your existence and that offset the suffering of life and that 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 generate meaning and bring out the best of you and it's going to take daily efforts and there's the daily disciplines to focus on the little things that we do repeatedly every day and having intentionality around them to try and make them beautiful and as good as possible. And if you can see a way to improve it, you just immediately improve it and try and make it that much better. There's a lot to love in uh, Jordan B. Peterson. All right. Was there any final thoughts you wanted to close with there, Raf? No, man. I it, This is a topic we can go on for days, if not months. I think, uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you, you hit a lot of freaking great high points in this episode, Tia. How about you there, Mike? You got any final things you wanted to just drop before we close? Man, yeah, there's probably 10 different things in my head right now. So I'm just going to say what pops out is what are you scared of? Uh, what what scares you the most? What what thing pops in your head? And you're not, you shouldn't live in your fears necessarily, but you should recognize them. And I would say, uh, who are you going to be when that thing shows up at, at your front door? You know, who who do you want to be? Do you want to be balanced? Do you want to be the strongest person in the room? Uh, or do you want to be the person that has to be dragged through the room, you know, because you have no control over anything that you're feeling and uh, 
you know, it's kind of chaos going inside. Um, you know, there's 10 different things popping in my head about who I want to be and where I want to be and in certain moments and everything. But I guess uh, just take it one at a time, write, write down some things about uh, how you envision. We talked about the power, the power of, you know, envisionment and seeing yourself do good. More than likely you will do good. Or it's also in reverse. If you see yourself doing bad, you will do bad. And uh, yeah, I, I would say just, you know, listen to this. Um, maybe we can put the link out to that Peterson episode uh, so people can hear it because it is very, very powerful. It's a great compilation of some of his best work. And uh, man, take some time and, and reflect on these big things because life is not so busy that you have to think about uh, or that you shouldn't be thinking about some of these things that we've covered. So. Uh, yeah, anyways, great, great, great topic, Raph. Great way to start my, uh, my Friday going into the weekend. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. There was a good little tip just there right at the end from, uh, Mike about considering the things you fear, like thinking about what is it in life that you fear the most and then who you'd have to be to avert that or to be your best self in that situation. And another one is who you look up to. And, and what values and, you know, what nobility, what noble path are those people on and why it is that you look up to them. And it could be family people. It could be famous people. It could be people you know personally or uh, from afar. All right. So until next week, take care. Uh, send in the feedback. Let us know what your goals are and what you've gotten out of this episode. We love hearing from you guys. Take care.